from the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNY News Podcast. Credit Union people. Credit Union ideas. Jason Lindstrom has a message for all credit union marketers who want to be CEO. He's living proof it can be done. Lindstrom started as a part-time teller during college and took on a variety of marketing, business development, and operational roles before becoming CEO at Evergreen Credit Union in Portland, Maine. Key to his progression was taking on responsibilities outside of his marketing duties and gaining experience through industry groups such as the CUNA Marketing and Business Development Council, where he's chair of the executive committee. I'm Bill Merrick, deputy editor for Credit Union Magazine and CUNA News. In this episode of the CUNA News Podcast, Lindstrom describes his progression to the CEO role, explains how others can navigate that path, and shares his goals for the CUNA Marketing and Business Development Council. So Jason, you started out in credit unions as a part-time teller. Uh, Can you tell me about that experience and and what from that experience sticks with you today? Yeah, it was interesting. I was um, in college and a fraternity brother of mine had landed a job at a credit union uh, as a teller and said, hey, you know, if you're looking for a job, they're looking for, you know, other people of our like mind and age. Uh, It was a aircraft employees credit union um, in Long Beach, California. And um, I needed a job. I was in college and part-time job. That's great. I got to work with my peers, uh, same age group, that kind of thing. And uh, because it was an aircraft employees credit union, uh, they got paid weekly. So every Friday they were in, we almost were like a check casher. So uh, it was a real interesting environment. We we did loans. It was a full service credit union. It's now New Vision Credit Union um, out in California. And, uh, you know, it was just a fantastic uh, work environment and experience there. Is there anything from that experience that you kind of look back on and, and sticks with you today? Yeah, I think the the biggest thing was that I really enjoyed working with members and the team there. It was a, a family environment. Um, again, there was a number of people that were my same age. So it was fun to be in college. The salary was a little bit better than what you could get if you were working on campus or at help, you know, held some other job there. Um, but it really became a family environment. And I kind of look back on those moments of uh, being on the teller line, I was robbed at one point. Um, you know, so I had all those experiences that uh, kind of built the foundation uh, for my career going forward. And so um, I look back at that that time as a real time formation. You know, back in that day, it wasn't Windows 7 and, um, you know, all the, the nice things or Windows 10 that we have now. It was, you know, the monochromatic screens and you had codes and everything. And uh, it definitely wasn't the electronic age by any means, but we were trying to get there. I don't even think we had an email at the time when I was working there. Um, but it was a good learning experience and a good um, foundation for, for my future growth, for sure. So you got robbed and you still stuck around. That's That's pretty bold. Yeah, you know, I went through that process, and that's a lot to handle um, when you're 20 years old. That's allowed me to put myself in the teller's shoes and know that, you know, when we're looking at security and all that, it's of utmost importance on our front line um, that they feel safe and secure. And so um, those experiences, you know, have carried on through this 20-some-odd-year career and uh, really made an impact on me. So where did you go from there? Yeah, so from there, I went, um, actually was recruited to go work um, in the subprime mortgage industry in Southern California, and I did that for a couple years, um, managed a sales team, and worked with uh, 
different mortgage brokers in Orange County, California. And uh, at that time, uh, you know, things were booming. It was 125% loans and stated income and, you know, all that kind of stuff that kind of led to the mortgage debacle is what we were selling. Uh, then I, I got recruited to go work for a dot-com company. And the day that I started for this company, uh, working with the small community banks on accounts receivable financing, they were listed on NASDAQ. And the week that I started, the CEO resigned and they got delisted from NASDAQ. So it was a it was a big telltale sign of what's happening in the dot com type world, and um, from there I just kind of thought about it some more, and I said, you know, um, ultimately I ended up getting laid off at that role because the company essentially merged with another company that was doing the same thing, um, but they could never really rebound from their CEO leaving and the delisting of Nasdaq stock. So I kind of rebounded from there and, and thought about it um, at length and said, you know, I really enjoyed my credit union experience when I was a teller. I now have some sales and marketing experience from working in the mortgage industry. Um, I managed uh, at that time like probably 600 mortgage brokers throughout um, Orange County and and the relationships with that and kind of got a real understanding of marketing and how it worked and sales and how that worked. And there was a job opening at a community credit union in Orange County for a business development manager. So I applied for that and interviewed and uh, they liked me well enough to, to hire me. And uh, within a few months, I was actually promoted to assistant vice president because I liked what I was doing. Uh, when I started at that particular credit union, uh, we had around 200 SEGs and um, after about five years, when I left, uh, we had over a thousand, and so um, you know, really enjoyed that experience working at a community-based credit union, uh, going out and calling on businesses, but also building a sales uh, team to go out and market uh, the credit union as a free employee benefit to companies throughout Orange County, and it was a blast. I enjoyed it a lot. I then moved on to a chief political officer role uh, for California's largest credit union. It was Orange County Teachers at the time, um, now schools first. So they're the largest credit union in California. And um, I took what I learned from college. My degree was in political science, and I had a concentration in public administration. So I took that knowledge along with my credit union experience and knowledge and um, my experience in sales and, and really drove that into a career kind of looking at lobbying um, on behalf of uh, not only Orange County teachers or, or schools first uh, as a credit union employee, as a business, as a political professional, but um, also, you know, where, where we stood in the state and where we stand in federal side of business. So lobbied on behalf of um, legislation like Korea and other things. We did a number of fundraisers. We started our own employee pack, and I managed that. Um, so I just had a really good experience that way, really kind of getting into all facets of why a credit union operates and uh, the advocacy side of the business and why we need to be so in front of legislators to make sure that our tax status is upheld and other things, business lending and you name it, regulation, um, you know, deregulation, those type of things. And uh, so that was a fun job. And uh, unfortunately, with the economic downturn, um, you know, that was a nice-to-have position that schools first had at the time, but they're so member-focused uh, and no fault of theirs. They should be. They're, they're a really excellent credit union. Um, I, I was let go with with a number of other people that were trying to cut back expenses, and that was all during the economic, the recent economic downturn, the, the Great Recession time frame. And so I took all this experience that I had, and, and I was looking for a job everywhere across the United States, and 
every interview I had, I learned from and ultimately uh, landed at a credit union in Virginia as a chief marketing officer. And I did that. Uh, and shortly after being hired there, I, I, I oversaw marketing and business development. Um, the CEO there asked me if I would want to take on branch operations as well. And I said, well, you know, I've worked in a branch, so I get it. I've been robbed. I get it. I understand how it works. Sure, why not? And I think that was the biggest thing in, in my career was being able to take on these extra opportunities um, and, and learn from them, um, just trying to make sure that you know, I had a focus in my job, but also took on extra responsibility and really understood that there is a link between the frontline staff and between that and marketing and what the members do and say at the branch and come in and if they complain about loan rates or they complain about a promotion or they really like something, you know, how does that translate into the bottom line for the credit union? And so it was um, a great vision by that CEO of the, that credit union to put operations under um, marketing. And, you know, now we're seeing a lot of credit unions with that chief experience officer role. And that chief experience officer role a lot of times has marketing, branch operations, website control, uh, you know, all those kind of things in their purview. So essentially, I was in that role, but much earlier than the actual position name and title that's out there now um, has been. And so I did that up until uh, the credit union merged with um, a large credit union in the D.C. area, and they already had a chief marketing officer. And I was more of that, don't want to say small-minded, but small-sized credit union is what I was more familiar with. The credit union in Virginia, when we merged, uh, was $330 million in assets. So I started to interview, uh, and I interviewed for um, the New Jersey Credit Union League CEO job. And I was a number two choice, but the recruiter that I was working with said, hey, have you ever ever been to Maine? They, they're looking for a CEO. And I was like, this is fantastic. Well, you know, what do, what do I do with this? So, no, I've never been to Maine. I don't know what it's all about, but tell me about it. Um, went through that whole process and, and did the, uh, you know, I think it was uh, seven or eight question write-up and then came up and was one of 10 candidates to be selected for a face-to-face -face interview with the the search committee of the board uh, met with them and then was selected as one of two applicants to come back for a final interview. And the process uh, was that I would give a one-hour presentation, a one-hour question and answer with the board about my presentation and my background with the full board of the credit union up here, and then an hour of uh, cocktails and hors d'oeuvres after a can I get to know you session. And so from that, ultimately, they, they chose me and I've been here since uh, November of 2016. And um, it's been a, a pretty successful move all the way around for me uh, and, and my family, uh, as well as the credit union here, uh, just coming in with some new vision and new ideas and, and the strength that, that I bring to the table with having the marketing background, marketing, business development, the frontline experience, uh, you know, I can put myself in a teller's shoes. So if they're complaining about the hours or the lack of uh, support that they're getting from a back office department or something, I've been there. I know what it's like. So I'm able to really translate those previous experiences into my role here. Is there any advice that you'd offer marketers and others who want to reach that level? 
Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing for me was that I got involved in a number of things along the way. So not just to stay in your job as a marketer and, you know, behind the desk, pushing paper, creating ads, whatever it is you do in your marketing realm, um, but it's it's really a combination of uh, the experiences, but also credit union movement experiences. So um, I've seen how the five credit unions prior to my current credit union, Evergreen, worked out. And what I took away from each of those experiences along the way was a, a number of other personal career achievements. So I went to Western CUNA Management School, a three-year program out in Pomona, California, and I finished that. Um, I went through the Credit Union Development Educator Program, finished that. I was invited back to be a mentor two years later to that program. Uh, I was selected for Filene I-3 and went through that program. Um, I've been on a number of committees in my career, um, including the CUNA Marketing Business Development um, Council Executive Committee. And so I think all of those those extraordinary type experiences beyond just working in a credit union um, really help further you know, someone's career and get them to the level where you can get to the CEO role. And what I mean by that is you, you take time and you listen to everything that goes on. The CUNA Management School is a great opportunity to hear from all sides of the business and learn and create a project and how to read financials and what the accounting department does and what does HR do and just really getting that grassroots kind of knowledge about how credit unions operate. And so something like that is more valuable even than having a college degree because you're experiencing things in the industry that you work in. And I think the biggest skills or experiences from that is that I've kind of earned the ability or, or learned the ability uh, to network and interact with some of the best people on the planet, I think, which are credit union people. We're all focused on uh, you know, serving our communities or serving our state groups, um, having members' financial lives, uh, trying to take them to the next level, trying to save them from themselves sometimes. Um, when they come in and they want to borrow too much money and they're not able to and uh, explaining that to them. And, and I always look at it as it is our members' money and how we spend it is, is important. And so it's been a career for me of, of listening uh, to what others have to say, um, kind of following along in some very um, good leadership uh, people along the way, uh, being motivated by others, uh, and then really partaking in everything that's offered in this credit union world. There's so many opportunities for outside involvement and personal growth and career enhancement um, that just makes it really a, a great environment to work in. And you were recently named chair of the uh, the CUNA Marketing and Business Development Executive Committee. Uh, what do you hope to achieve during your term as chair? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We just had our uh, our planning session moving from, you know, 20, into 2019 and 2020. And the biggest thing that we want to do or that I want to do and try to accomplish is um, have some increased engagement. So right now, uh, the CUNA Marketing Business Development Council has just over 1,200 members. And our executive committee works really hard to deliver a great conference. We have a great community forum, the white papers, webinars, roundtables. You name it. The, lot of the, the whole gamut of what we as a council provide to our memberships is just outstanding. And so what I'd like to do and what I've talked to our executive committee about is, you know, how do we improve in all of these areas? You know, the number of white paper downloads, that matters. You know, we don't want to have 
someone joined the CUNA Marketing Business Development Council because they were told they needed to join this, it's a great opportunity, and then never use us for anything. You know, that's that's a waste, again, of the member's money to pay for the, the council membership if you're not going to use it. And so we, we kind of have to be all things to all people. Um, and what we looked at is, in the grand scheme of the marketing landscape, you've got folks that are the data analysts, marketing folks that are the kind of the architects, and they're in there, they're the designers, and they're doing all the marketing kind of thing. But we also have the C-suite. We have the C-level. We have the chief experience officers now. We've got chief marketing officers now. We have chief member officers. And they're the ones, they need a higher level content because they're, you know, they're trying to see what else, what's out there, what's the competition dealing with. And so we, we want to look at all the different roles and we have the, the rising stars, the up and coming leaders, those leaders of the future. Um, I hate to pigeonhole it in, in millennials because everybody talks about that, but it's not that. It's, it's definitely those, the younger folks that maybe come in and they're the marketing assistant in a, in a shop or they're the marketing specialist or coordinator and they want to move how do I get to be the director of marketing or the manager of marketing? So we have to be, as a council, we have to be open to those things as well. And so this past year, the, the Kino Marketing Business Development Council released a toolkit to help those folks out where they can go and if they need a social media policy, there's a copy of a generic one that you can fill in. And if you need a copy on how to uh, figure out ROI for a, a product or a product launch, there's a spreadsheet for that. And, um, you know, it's just being able to think outside the box and trying to take us to the next level. Uh, we even talked now about possibly offering podcasts and so that the marketer could essentially put us on their phone or whatever and listen to us in their car or talk about a marketing style or technique or something that's going on with credit union marketing on their way to work. And, uh, you know, those are the kind of things that are beneficial uh, to a council. And so I think that's that's really what we want to try to achieve is that overall engagement and really improve that in a number of ways. And it's not just getting a number of members, but it's, you know, do they use the the tools and the conferences and everything else that we offer? Well, you must bring a unique perspective to the council being a CEO. What do you think you bring to the council that, you know, with that CEO mindset? Yeah, I, you know, I look at that and I, I think about um most people would think that it would be an easy transition to just move on from the Marketing Business Development Council now that you become a CEO. Uh, but for me, it wasn't a choice that I considered doing. Um, I've given a lot of time being a part of this of the executive committee, and I really enjoy the interaction with everyone that I work with on the committee, and, and I've been on it for six years. And um, those previous six years on the executive committee just taught me so much, and it allowed uh, for my own growth of knowledge and working in a group situation with others from across the country and trying to take those differing viewpoints and uh, constructively try to collaborate and work together on things. But I guess to answer directly, um, you know, I, I bring a wealth of knowledge, teamwork, uh, the leadership to the council, and actually on a, on a personal and professional level, I'd really like to be that beacon of hope that marketers and business developers could use me as an example of how they could possibly get to the CEO level. And if that's what they desire, it, it can be achieved through the marketing discipline, and I'm living proof of that. So I think for these next two years as I'm chair, uh, you know, I've already at the conference when I, I kind of had my introductory speech, I talked a little bit about that. But, you know, that's what I want to get across there and that 
you know, use me as a beacon of hope that if that's your if that's your opportunity and that's what you want to do is get to the CEO level, um, you know, there's a shining example of someone that's been able to do it. And um, for me, that that's another reason to stick around, uh, you know, because I owe it to those folks that helped me get to where I am. And um, it, that it goes to those C-level folks the the people in the in the day to day shop the up and comers all of them uh, and if I can be a beacon of hope to some of them um, that's a great accomplishment for me and I think for the council itself. What are some of the biggest issues that credit union marketers are dealing with today? According to the surveys that of of our council members, because that's really what we have to go on, um, it's growth and retention of members uh, with technology, uh, the competition that's out there. Members have a large choice. Uh, as far as where they can go for their financial needs. And so we're we're constantly asking ourselves as marketers, you know, how do we attract people to credit unions? And that's one thing. But how do you keep them involved? And how do you keep them engaged? How do you keep them loyal? And, you know, everyone has their own individual brand, but yet we're all credit unions and we're all the same, not-for-profit, financial cooperative, volunteer board of directors. You hear it all the time. Uh, so how do you convey that message in a way uh, that would be successful to to obtain the um, the member, but then not only obtain them but keep them and keep them loyal? And you know how do you work together with other credit unions to figure that out? And is is it maybe through a merger that you guys come together, or uh, do you work on uh, you know some type of joint project where uh, there's a maybe a statewide ATM network or even the the CUNA awareness campaign is another another avenue for these kind of things to really help move the needle. And so I think that's what most marketers are struggling with. There's other things like the you know the data security issue, business intelligence issue. You know how do you take all the data that's coming in and how do you disseminate that in a way so you know when. 90 days out, the next, that member's loan is paying off in 90 days. How do you capture their next loan? And so I think there's a lot of thought around that as well and that there's a struggle with how do you use the data that you have, um, especially for smaller credit unions that maybe can't tap into it um, as readily as maybe some larger credit unions that have programmers that can look at all that for you. And, and so I think there's some there's some struggles with the economies of scale and size and uh, it really all boils down to just that, though. It's uh, it's the growth and retention of members. Everybody wants to continue to grow, and you want to keep the people that you have on board. You want to keep those members happy. Must have been a challenge becoming a new CEO. Uh, what were some of the, the hardest parts about that transition, and, and how did you deal with those challenges? Uh, for me, it was just getting to know everyone, understanding the processes that are in place here and and why they're in place. Um, you know, I come with such a background with varying credit unions. Uh, my goal was to take what I had learned, uh, the best of it and the worst of it, and be sure I promote the best of it. And I think that, you know, you have to lead. You have to create buy-in on things. I have to sell my vision. And sometimes not everyone can see things my way. And so that can mean tougher conversations. And it can be tough for me to listen to as well. So I think that's some of the challenges that are there becoming a new CEO. And then there's always that loneliness factor too. No one tells you uh, how to act or how to be. You have to be yourself. And, um, you know, I'm a, a big promoter of the team and, and, and work with everyone, but there's always those nervous employees that are like, oh my gosh, there's a CEO. What do I say? How do I talk to him? 
And, you know, I'm just a person like everybody else. And so that was really kind of interesting to have that kind of uh, dichotomy to have to deal with. Um, and then dealing with challenges. Uh, for me, it's all about putting a good team around me and, and collaboration, working together. And so the experiences working with the council, working with other credit unions and having teams, um, but again, I have to use my sales and marketing ability every day. Um, sometimes I have to try to convince others, and uh, that can be a challenge. And, and you have to listen to your inner voice sometimes and uh, really decide, you know, can we remove this roadblock or is this a roadblock that has to stay here? Or, um, you know, do is this what we want to do? And there's sometimes you just have to be confident in the decision-making process and, um just be happy. I, I think the the board hired me to do a job, and so I'm going to do what it takes to get that job accomplished and get it done. Um, but I, I view my role as a CEO first and foremost as the cheerleader for the organization, both for the member side and for the employees. So uh, it's it's challenging uh, and fun all at the same time. But you know, having that credit union knowledge and sharing it with everyone, um, I think, really elevates the team as well because they know they have a leader that gets it and gets them. Looking back, is there one thing that you know now that you wish you'd known as a new CEO? Yeah, I think it's just I, I never thought of the position title. Um, being such a, a, I guess, a heavy weight for some people. Um, you know, I've always had uh, decent, good-hearted CEOs that had open-door policies that you could talk to, and uh, I never really felt uh, threatened or felt like uh, uh, scared in any way. Um, but it's interesting when you actually fit in that role and you become a CEO, you see the fear in some people's face. And I've even been into a meeting. It's like, why are we called to this meeting? Am I going to be fired? Like, no, no, we're just going to be talking about where we're going to go in this structure and, and what we're going to do and how we're going to get there. And it's an exciting meeting. It's not one that you're going to be fired. But I just never thought that that would be, you know, I'm having a meeting with the CEO and that's the first thought that people have. And so if I would have known that, I guess ahead of time, it would have prepped me for it a little better because <laughs> you go into those situations now as the leader of an organization and we've grown from 62 employees, I think, to 84 employees in three years and our assets have increased $50 million. We're doing everything right. We had the largest percentage of loan growth in the state of Maine um, last year in 2018. Um, we've reduced our liquidity from 60% to 84 or raised it to, to 84% loaned out, which is by design. And, you know, we've just done a lot of things and a lot of good things for our employees. We've improved the 401k plan. We've done a lot. And so that whole being scared of the CEO um, was just something I wasn't prepared for. And um, that's what advice I would offer to anybody is kind of think about that and how you're going to interact with people when they think you're having a one-on-one -on -one meeting and they think they're going to be terminated right away because they're meeting with the CEO and that kind of thing. It's it's kind of funny when you look at it, but at the same time, it's it's personalities and that's what they view you as sometimes. What do you like best about working for a credit union? You know, it's the, it's the family environment, I think. Um, you know, if you're working at a credit union, you've got to have that, that vision of trying to help people. And it, it might be cliche to say people helping people, and it's always been the mantra, but where else can you work um, that you can help people improve their financial lives, you can help carry employees to their next career level, um, 
and, and do so in a, in a fun environment, um, sometimes in a serious environment, it just really makes it, um, it's a great place to work. And there's just nothing like it, you know, and I worked in a couple other industries and, you know, you would think dot com. Well, that was the thing, you know, everybody was making a ton of money and, and all of that. But the worst of dot com was really bad. You know, they fired 58 people across the country on one conference call and you had to pack up your laptop and ship it across country to the, to the main headquarters. And, you know, that kind of experience um, doesn't usually happen in a credit union. Um, I think we, we try to work with things, and even when times are tough, uh, we try to reduce uh, layoffs, and we try to use people to where they, they need to be and get them to where they want to be. And you know, I think it's all true with the vision of the leader, too. And, and I'm all about trying to get our team to the next level, whether it's a teller that eventually wants to become CEO or it's a 17-year veteran teller that that's all they want to do is come in and be a teller. We need those folks, too. And I've been really popular around here saying that because not everybody wants to be the CEO or not everyone wants a ticket to management or be on a career path to management. And then you've got young up-and-comers that really need to get their feet wet and dirty and get down into it and understand the business before they can get to the manager level. And so there's that part of it, too. And there's just something to be said about working for a credit union. And and I say it all the time to uh, people outside of the credit union movement that – it's just so much fun to sit around in a room with other credit union people and talk shop, and it's not like that in, in a lot of industries. There's so much competitiveness between each other. You never get Wells Fargo and B of A. I imagine they're not sitting in a room together uh, talking about strategy or sharing HR policy, um, but I know that there's people around in Maine. There's people across the country that I could call and say, hey, do you have a policy on you know, this, do you have a job description on that? And within seconds, I'll get it sent to me with no questions asked. And we're just the same here that we would do the same thing. And so that cooperative, collaborative spirit is there. It's still active. And, um, you know, even with the increased competition for market share, it's still there. And it's still something that makes you happy to get up and come into work every day, knowing that, you know, the credit union across the street, the credit union across the country is in your same boat. And it's just, it's a really exciting time to be in credit unions, I believe. And I think it's exciting to be a employee and a member of a credit union. So you haven't, you haven't lived in, in Maine for very long, but uh, what's what's one thing that people would be surprised to know about Maine? Yeah, I think the interesting thing is, is uh, so my story kind of was, uh, you know, I was prepping for trying to get obtain this role, and you know, they give you the financials and they give you a packet of information about the credit union, and the the item that I heard was that the previous credit union left to go to the largest credit union in Maine. So I was like, oh well, that's a good step. That's great, you know. And he had been here twenty years, so he'd been here a long time, and so that's good. They had a solid, strong. You know, strength of 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 management and leadership here at the at the, at that Evergreen, and um, so then when I got on board, I, I didn't research much about what that credit union was about because I needed to concentrate on getting the job at Evergreen and understand what they're about. So after I got here, I realized that he left to go to a four hundred million dollar credit union, and that four hundred million dollar credit union at that time was the largest credit union in Maine, and I was like. So used to multi-billion dollar credit unions being in a state. And so I think 
if people were to look at, at the state of Maine, you know, or, or any state, you, you kind of think, well, there's the there's the big shops, and then there's the mid-range shops, and then there's the, you know, under 50 million, the smaller credit unions. And uh, here in Maine now, there's 54 credit unions, and, and we just had a merger of two of the larger ones. And so our largest credit union in Maine is, uh, is just over 600 million in assets. And I thought, wow, that's a real interesting statistic. You have 54 credit unions. Um, but there's only, a, you know, about one and a half million people that live in Maine, and more than half of them belong to a credit union. So that's another outstanding statistic of, of Maine on the credit union side. On a personal side, um, you know, you always hear about the lobster and, and uh, the seafood that's up here, and it can't be beat. It's, it's definitely a great place to live. We have hardworking people here in Maine, and um, there's definitely a lot of opportunity for, for growth and, and continued um, success in, in lots of businesses. We're a very small business-oriented community, uh, but it's neat. I moved into a, a neighborhood where there's a lobster fisherman, and, uh, you know, part of the year, the whole side of his house, he's got all of his lobster traps stacked on the side of his house, and it's just classic Maine, you know. And here we are, ten. We're about. I live about ten miles south of of Portland, which is uh, probably the largest city population wise, and even then, it's like two hundred twenty thousand people. So the county I moved to from Virginia had more people in it as a county uh, than the entire state of Maine. So it's a little different environment, but. Um, those are a couple surprising things about me, and and the, and the the rumor about lobster is true for sure. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the CUNA News podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. <laughs>